Welcome back to Swing the Twig. It is a Tuesday night, and this is one of our last few shows we are doing as uh, under Swing the Twig. Uh, me, me, Jeff, and Anthony here, and we are still watching the World Series, which should be a Game 4, I guess, or heading into Game 4, but since the rain delay came into Game 3, uh, now we're, so we're playing this postponement game, which is going on right now as we do the podcast, but... From what we've seen so far in Game 1 and Game 2 in Houston, guys, what do you think overall of the World Series? Has it lived up to every expectation that you thought in terms of offensive performances, bullpen, managerial decisions? Has this really been a pretty solid? I think it's been a pretty solid World Series so far. Yeah, I mean, both teams are playing to the strengths that you think they would play to, you know? The Astros, you know, coming in with some of these great starting pitchers, you know, really trying to establish and take control of the ball game early on, trying to impose their will over the Phillies. And the Phillies, you know, game one, came back, found a way to win. And all throughout game two, you know, there was always that there was always that thought of like, oh, the Phillies could come back. The Phillies could come back. They they didn't end up taking game two, obviously. But there was always that constant threat of, oh, they could come back this inning. So, yeah. bo- so both teams are playing to their strengths right now, and that always makes for some fantastic baseball when that happens. Yeah, for sure. I think the offenses for Philly have been really good, and, and it bothers me watching it. I mean, I'm happy for them, but it pains me. And Anthony knows the feeling too. Like we were there on Saturday at Yankee Stadium and or the previous two weeks ago, I guess now or a week ago, I forget already. Game three of the Astros series, the ALCS. And I mean, just watching the Yankees struggle to hit this Astro pitching, starting pitching, bullpen. Oh my God, it was brutal. And I'm watching the Phillies just discipline, all discipline, knowing take knowing what pitch to hit. They know what to do. And <laughs> You, you would think, you know, a team like the Yankees was able to manage to do s- things like this, but Philly's been able to do it no problem. As you said, they've been a threat to come back all the time. That just made me more mad. I mean, I'm happy for Philly. Like, they earned every inch of this where they are right now. There's no doubt about that. But to me, as I'm watching this, Philly's, ha- Philly's shown incredible discipline on offense, and it's been amazing to see, quite honestly. You know, I, I just, it, it, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, also you have to understand too that, you know, you have to understand the discipline, but also kind of the willpower of this Phillies team. I mean, you're down 5 nothing in the game one of the World Series. Not a lot of these players have been this far in the playoffs, right? They're really, they really don't have that championship pedigree other than, their manager, right? Because Rob Thomas was a part of the 09 team as Girardi's bench coach guy. And Kevin Long, too. He was the hitting coach on the team, too. So, but player-wise, right, there, there's really nobody. I'm, I'm just trying to go by. There's Ramuto, Hoskins, Segura, Bohm, Harper. Yeah, nobody. Oh, well, okay. Well, no, Schwartz wasn't a part of the 2016 team. He got hurt. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, for those guys to kind of just stick with it and believe in themselves proves that look even if they're down they're gonna find a way to come back and to jeff's point they almost did in game two by like an inch both times right just missed foul like foul ball by an inch and then warning track literally 
So, you know, you can never count this team out. And, you know, honestly, we wish the Yankees had that, you know, kind of low-power and discipline. And do I wish Kevin Long was our hitting coach? Yeah, because look of what course. he's done with this team. Um, but, you know, we can't always get what we want. Um, but look, I mean, they have a chance to – they could sweep them at home. Like, I'm not going to rule that out. Oh. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Because the big thing was they got to take one game on the road, and they did. So it's up to them to at least take two out of three at home and go up at least three two going back to Houston for game six. That's what they have to do. Best case scenario is they sweep. But that's a but that's asking for a lot. If you what do you think the odds are right now for either team if you could handicap this? And I'm not asking for like American odds or anything, just percentages. Who do you think who do you think is favored the Phillies basically gave themselves home field advantage basically by getting the series I guess you could say to a best uh three out of five situation and three of the games at home though they don't have the deciding games if it came down to it uh at home but the Phillies virtually made this their home field advantage by winning that game one now and like I said basically turning this into a best of five series at, at one game apiece as we do this podcast who would you give the the odds to who would you give the favorable odds to on who's going to win this World Series? Because Houston is still the far more experienced team. Yeah, I mean, you still got to give it to Houston. You know, Houston's the team with the experience. Houston has, oh my God, Bryce as Harper. As we're doing this game, it's two nothing Phillies. I think, right? Holy cow! <laughs> Yeah, we're significant. I'm significantly delayed. Yeah, two nothing. Holy smokes! Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Sorry to those who are wa- listening to this in the morning or afternoon on Wednesday and are not following w- what was going on throughout the Phillies game on Tuesday night. But yeah, this is this is incredible. I mean, what a playoff for Bryce Harper. I mean, that just shows right the stars for Philly, and this is back to the discussion that we were having before was. You know, Bryce Harper could have been a New York Yankee. Easily could have been. Mm-hmm. And he was one of many that could have been New York Yankees. Manny Machado comes to mind. But, you know, we focus too much on the young, potential young stars we had that turn out to be, two of them turn out to be busts. And uh, the most recent one, I wouldn't call him a bust, just an injury prone. Miguel Andujar is now in Pittsburgh, was one that, Cashman really relied on to be one of those young guys and, and took him over Bryce Harper. Look what he's doing now. Look what Bryce Harper is doing. I, this is the best Bryce Harper we've ever seen. Yeah. Far that that's, that's not an exaggeration. What, what he's doing the, in the postseason right now is giving me flashbacks to what Matsui did for us in 09. He's that good. I mean, Grant Matsui was better. I think I don't think anything can beat Matsui's performance at postseason, but that's the closest comparison I can draw to what Bryce Harper is doing right now for this Phillies team. Yeah, I think I think Bryce Harper is really just he needed time to mature, and we didn't see that in DC a whole lot. He got in brawls, he got in uh, the infamous right the fist fight with Hunter Strickland on the mound in San Francisco when he was a gnat. I remember that very friggin' well, but he goes to he goes to Philly and signs this massive contract. And I remember I remember biting my teeth when that con when he signed that contract because I knew he could have been a Yankee 
And there was actually talks that I'm, you know, reading the reports now of how close it actually came is unbelievable. And when you look back on it, just imagine a Yankee team now consisted of Bryce Harper. Just freaking imagine. That, that, that would be scary, terrifying, unfair, unreal. And I, I think looking at this Phillies team, it's, you know, man, all these guys are going to want big contracts at the end of the postseason regardless, obviously. And not that uh, yeah. Bryce Harper is up at all. Bryce Harper has a very long time to go before he ever is up on his contract in Philly. But, well, he's you know. He's going to retire with that deal. For sure. I think so. M- yeah. More than likely. More Absolutely. No, I, I think he'll retire on that deal for sure. But, but I think but, to your point, Tommy, I think, you know, the big guys that they have, Castellanos, him, Schwarber, it's year for those guys. It's year one of the deal. I mean, I don't know. Reese Hoskins is the guy that's like, I don't know. And Ramuta too is locked up too. So they don't really have to like the big, big guys. Like they're kind of all locked up. Like mm-hmm. they, they just have to worry about the supporting guys, Gene Segura, Alec Bohm. Um, you know, those guys they got to like worry about, but those guys, you know, they, they make up the team, but like, you know, they are like, in essence, kind of replaceable to an extent. Um, and Wheeler and, and Nola, I think, are locked up too for a, a little bit too. So like, uh-huh. they have the core, you know, kind of intact. I think Dombrowski really just has to kind of just keep that together because that's always been his problem or his biggest flaw in my eyes is that he can get to the top, but he never maintains it. And in essence, the opposite happens. It just completely just collapses. So Yeah. I mean, the Phillies, I mean, and this is whether or not, this is... This has nothing to do if they if they win it this year. Like th- they got to the World Series. If I do think if the ring the ring obviously if they win a ring then then they'd want it significantly more. But regardless of what happens, they've all have elevated their their careers immensely by becoming pennant champions. Uh, that's crazy. But it's it, it's I cannot believe what I'm watching in Philly and the development of some of these young players. I don't know about you, about you guys, but re- when you really look at when you really look at Philly and and what they've done, <laughs> doesn't it be, make the Yankees kind of look like a laughing stock a little bit? In 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 this aspect, they got more money. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about a. I don't know about a. I don't know about a laughing stock. I mean, what would you call it then? If you had to. Not for, it. it's, for them, it's lightning in a bottle. You don't think so? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they, you know, I think at the end of the day, look, they got hot at the right time. It, it just is what it is. You know, I think, um, you know, their pitching is kind of, it's just shirt up. You know, the offense is kind of clicking on all cylinders, you know. I think, that, I think that's what I call it. It's just lightning in a bottle for them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's guys here that, a lot of these guys are free agent signings that have big power. Guys like Schwarber, guys like Castellanos. Harper was already there, obviously. But guys that they acquired the previous year, offseason. And, you know, I look at those guys and say, wow, you know, they got some big bats. And this is, you know, this is an exaggeration of what the Phillies were supposed to look like in the beginning of this season, actually, guys. The Phillies and the Mets were supposed to be like this for the division, lockstep. And... I remember in the offseason, Castellanos being a massive deal. I remember Kyle Schwarber signing being a massive deal from Boston. And 
the Phillies were this is this this Phillies team that we're watching right now as we do this podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's an exaggeration of what they were expected to be. This this was the Philly. This is a, t- a Philly team that's better than what they were supposed to be in the beginning of the season, and now they're actually showing. This is why I do think it's a little bit of lightning in the bottle, but I think it's them coming out and finally showing that this is this is the experience, guys. That we have that can at least hit. They're not rookies. A lot of these guys, almost all these guys are veterans. Yeah. Well, this is also the, you know, they're not playing. They've never played like they have their backs against the walls. You know, they've never played like they have everything to lose. You know, the only direction they could have gone this postseason is up, you know, if they were got knocked out by the cards and would have been, well, at least we made it, you know, at least they made it to the postseason. It might be a sign sure. of things to come. Sure. So, you know, they took one game, then they took another game, and the next thing you know, they're in the World Series. So they just kept riding that wave. They're playing with confidence, with a chip on their shoulders. They they don't care. They're just playing their brand of baseball, and they're not letting anyone else dictate how they're going to play it. I agree wholeheartedly. Like, that's... That's that's also the, the mentality too. I like bullpen guys too. The Phillies bullpen used to be a I don't want to say a laughing stock, but the Phillies bullpen used to be uh pretty mediocre, and that's an understatement during the regular season. Now, what a completely different story this this bullpen is. I mean, guys like Dominguez, guys like uh Alvar um you know, Alvarado, right? And you know, look just look at the Phillies pen in general and and just say, "Wow, what a significant difference i don't know where cora Ebel is now but if we remember cora Ebel was the guy that ruined that 7-1 game against the mets that was the game that we thought would define the philly season was that 7-1 um lead that they had to the mets and they completely botched it and lost the game 8-7 and cora Ebel was the one that blew that game i don't know i don't i haven't seen cora Ebel's playoffs was he traded something like that yeah i mean he's yeah. not being used so you would think yeah, that he, he he could he he might have been DFA too. True, and aside from you know, and that's my that's my point. Like most of these bullpen guys have made significant improvements since the regular season, like halfway through, I'd say a lot of them. And Alvarado, I think, is a massive one. Dominguez is a huge one for me. Um, look at Suarez right now. We I don't think he's a typical starter. I I he's an opener, I think, but he looks. But he looks awesome. Like all these pitchers, we knew about the starting pitchers. We knew about Wheeler. We knew about Nola. They always could deliver. But you know, you just look at the rest of this, the staff on the on the bullpen side, and this is, I think, what's going to carry them in the World Series. This, this right here, and especially from what we saw from Houston against the Yankees, which wasn't that all that impressive, to be honest with you, on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Phillies have a huge edge in that regard and can easily win this World Series. But. That's just me. <laughs> I'd have to, I obviously had to give the slate edge to Houston with, to win this thing, but I Oh uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I I give the slate edge to to Houston, but I, I I think at the same time with Philly getting three games at home, obviously we're recording this with a two nothing lead that they have early in the game, but that aside, you know, I just think Philly has a overwhelmingly favorable chance to win. They've already been intimidating. The fans have been intimidating. The restaurants in the city have been in- intimidating. You guys yeah. read those stories? <laughs> have you I, read those stories today? I, I believe it. Yep. Well, Jeff lives in the area. 
I mean, we were. I read today that there was a pizza shop, Angelo's in Philly. The Astros wanted to get catering or something like that, and they wanted to pre-order, and Angelo's denied them for for either catering or delivery of some sort before the rainout. That got canceled. They wanted to order from this place called Mike's Barbecue Tuesday afternoon. And Mike's Barbecue publicized the text from, I guess, there was the traveling agent or the secretary for, for the Astros who wanted catering ordered, requested an order for it, and they, and they put a, posted the denial. I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Philly's just intimidating yeah. right now to Houston and all different ends, not just yep. the fans. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I feel like that's but, a little much, you know? Yeah. But, I mean. I mean, it's funny. It like, I was like, really? I was like, food? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're going overboard at that point. Like, you're going to deny, I, like, you're going to deny money. And then that'd be a fat order, too. So they're denying. Well, like, well, no, it's actually a good business move because now everybody in Philly who watches sports is going to go, hey, yeah. I'm going to go to those guys because sure. they support the Phillies. That's true. So they're, they're going to get more money out of this by turning the Astros down, if anything. This is like those um this is like those um those like political restaurants there's a couple of them in in the country the countries the 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 places in the country that you know encourage like guns in the restaurants and things like that and you know more more people on a certain political side will go and you just know from a business standpoint like one one side's going to overwhelmingly go now and and bring yeah. a ton of money <laughs> that's the that's the crazy part about it and I think that's what's going to happen with with this, these two places potentially with Phillies fans crazy enough yeah i would love to know what the experience is like at a world series game that's uh pretty fun it sounds like too bad i can't get to experience that myself as a yankee fan but that is that is uh pretty cool well maybe we we can find out anthony i know someone that's at the world series right now so that's that's pretty crazy in and of itself um yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on that i mean i'm just speechless on this whole thing right now this is crazy i i think it's hilarious what happened oh, I, with this, I, but I, I i just think it's hilarious i i mean the whole thing in general the fact that the phillies are here we're watching we're watching a team that was supposed to like collapse and here they are it was it's not like the nats were like all right you know they respectfully suck and then they come out of the all-star break and just lightning in a bottle no 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 this is this is far different. I mean, yeah, the Phillies the Phillies were heading for like a downward collapse. And then they started I feel bad for Girardi in there. all of this. What's that? They hung in there. Yeah, you know, I feel bad for I do feel bad for Joe though. That's 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 the part I really, you know, that's the part I I get frustrated by is, is uh, the fact that they did this without Joe Girardi and I feel bad for him. He's a former Yankee guy. That's just me though. But all right, let's just go right into the gold glove awards. Cause that came out. Jose Trevino and DJ LeMay, have earned the gold glove awards. We will talk about this more and more awards on a new podcast called uh, the Yankee state of mind. That'll be coming out after the world series. So stay with us. We will have a lot more off-season content. And every series, we will be talking Yankees baseball during the regular season. So stay tuned for that. But hey, guys, I got a little trivia question for you. Ready for it? Regarding the Gold Glove winners? It's kind of easy. It's not that hard in my mind. Did you know that this year, 
it is the first time the Yankees have won multiple Gold Glove winners since 2012. It's been 10 years. Do you guys know that? I did not know the date, but that makes sense. I guess yeah, multiple, yeah. Because I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah. I'm sure. Like, I was I shocked Arno when I first read that back in the day, like during that time. Yeah. Since one, I think, I think Judge might have won one, or maybe he hasn't. Um, I was. I, I don't think Judge has. Yeah, I don't think Judge has it. one. Yeah, which is which is blasphemy to me. But, but I want you guys to guess. 2012 was the last time multiple Gold Glove winners were were nominated and won, and won for the Yankees. Who were those two Yankees? Obviously, none of them are current players. But if from 2012, who do you think those two Yankees were? Yeah, it's to Sharon Cano. <laughs> Did you Google that? No. Come on, yeah. I mean, come on. You had to think of it, right? 2012 was to Sharon's last year of his good days before he started to deplete. Yes. And that was Cano in his prime. I remember watching Cano in 2012. That, that, that was a fun season to watch, right? Him just. That sweet it was one of the last seasons he was fun to watch. Yeah, that and then you know that was that and that was like Jeter the 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 resurgence of Derek Jeter. You know that, yep. that, that was a fun that, that was a fun uh, that was a fun season. Obviously it didn't end away, but those were the two guys. You're referring to Jeter's uh, ACL injury or his uh, his ankle his ankle um, yeah, his, his ankle fracture his ankle fracture that. He played through for like what two days, <laughs> three days. <laughs> no, I played through that night. No, played through that through two. Well, it was a bone bruise. It was a it was a bone bruise he got. Oh right, right, yeah. And then he just kept playing through it, and then it just gave out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, yeah, he came back the next year, and I think he talked about how it took longer for him to recover, and he knew that was kind of time to go, or starting to lean towards uh being time to go uh, mm-hmm. a couple years later. But, I mean, talk about one of those acquisitions, Jeff, before we get into the trade deadline stuff that we'll eventually get to for the Yankees this past season. I mean, we talked about it before, Jose Trevino. I mean, we graded him, I think. I forget what we graded Jose Trevino. I have it right here, but we gave Trevino a... We gave him... Yeah, we were we were pretty fair to Jose, I think. And yeah, you, I gave him a B plus. You gave him an A minus. And, you know... Do you think this is worthy of him to win the gold glove? I think so. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Okay. Now, would you say there's any, but any of the Yankee that you think was um, kind of screwed out of this should have been nominated as well, or should have been a winner in this case? DJ's obviously the utility guy. He should get it. But, yeah. But I mean, Rizzo's a finalist. I think if you're, if Isaiah Connor for is your shortstop, you have to give some sort of, Benefit to Rizzo there. All the scoops he made. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know why Vlad got got the gold glove. I think it should have been Rizzo. I think it should have been anyone else at first base who isn't Vlad. <laughs> I, I, that- I, ju- I, I just don't see what they see with him. Like, all... He has flashy picks that don't have to be flashy picks. He just makes them flashy because he doesn't know how to grab them any other way. Which, mm-hmm. to me, that that's not a sign of a good defensive player. That's a sign of someone who just kind of wails and it just works out for them. You know, two years down the line, what two, three years down the line where he can't be making splits like that anymore as he starts to get, you know, a touch older, uh, starts to slow down a little bit. 
I guess I should say like five, seven years or so, not two, three years, but you get older. You can't make those plays anymore. He's going to be average at best. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not seeing it with him. Here's one thing that's interesting to me, guys. They announced the Silver Slugger finalist, too, for the Yankees, obviously, and that will be announced pretty soon. Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, and LeMayu. We barely saw anything of DJ LeMayu this season. We saw a glimpse of him, but he was hurt a decent amount of the year. And he wasn't the same DJ LeMayu that played in, 2000, um, in 2019 and 20. Oh, my God, it's 3 nothing Phillies. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, DJ's what? He's like 36 or something now, right? He's getting older, but he's not the same DJ that we saw in 19 and 20 for sure. Certainly not 19. Yeah. 19, he was a freaking machine. I do think if the Yankees had a DJ LeMayu from 2019, they would they would probably have a good shot at beating the Astros. The, the energy he brought to that lineup on a daily basis as the leadoff guy, he was like a lock to get on base. And do, Jeff, do you remember his average with runners in scoring position? I do not. No, not off the oh, top in the of my fours. head. Four fives. He was in the fives in the mid midway through the season. That's crazy. And and my point with that is like we talk about MVPs being you know they have to keep up their stride like we talked about with Otani and not having as good of a year. I don't think we saw enough of DJ to to give him a silver slugger finalist. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. Which I, which is a shame. Oh yeah, he 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 could consistently be a finalist for that every single year if he stays healthy. Problem Absolutely. is he wasn't healthy. Absolutely, yeah, totally agree, and that's and that's the problem with it. But I you know I I hope he stays healthy next year, and he had that hernia the previous year, and. It, it hurt the Yankees, obviously, and then we thought, okay, he's healthy now. Should, let's let's get back to 2019, DJ. And uh, he he took him a while to really bounce back, and then he got hurt again. So I uh, don't know if he's going to – I don't know if he can maintain this next year. We're going to see. But another one – but the other three, really, John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Anthony Rizzo. I mean, we don't really talk about Judge, obviously, but, but Stanton is a huge one. I think he finished with 38 homers in the regular season. Uh, two in the post. I mean, the guy was one of the only hitters for the Yankees when it mattered most this postseason. He got a lot, yeah. I know this really goes off of regular season, though, so I know postseason's irrelevant to what we're talking about with Silver Slugger. But, yeah, Stanton, Stanton did did really well, too. So that's the awards for the Yankees so far. We will know the MVP finalists pretty soon, but we will know who actually won the MVP on November 17th, we will have the Yankees, the Yankee State of Mind podcast already in progress at the time of that announcement. So we'll figure out something to do when Judge eventually wins that award. What do you think the odds are the Judge wins the MVP now, guys, percentage-wise versus the World Series question I asked you guys? I mean... 99%? That's no, like 100%. Yeah. You think it's that high? You I think, okay. Yeah. I, who who else? Get, the only one who stands a chance is Otani, and I I just don't see it. I I don't yeah. see it. I'm just clarifying. All right, so we all think he's he's pretty much a lock at this yeah. point. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the Yankees trade deadline acquisitions and critique those before we go, because obviously we're on a slow schedule, as as has been uh, noted before by us. 
um, th- that will not be the case during the Yankee State of Mind podcast, obviously, when we start that after the World Series. And we should get Dom on here before Swing the Twig is officially brought to an end. But guys, the first one we can get to is the Harrison Bader acquisition for Jordan Montgomery. Obviously, this is the most talked about one as the more shocking one. No one really expected this one to come. I was confused. We all were confused. And Montgomery tore it up with St. Louis the minute he got there. Debuted against us. Tore it up. Bader was out for like a month and a half. And when he eventually came back, Bader looked awesome. And really was one of the the only guy in the postseason that was consistent. Who won this trade, if we can even judge who won this trade in the end? Because Montgomery is going to last. Montgomery's a back-end pitcher. Bader's a center fielder. And he's a gold-glove center fielder. I mean, you can honestly say that both teams won the trade to an extent. I mean, yeah, it it hurts losing Montgomery. And I hated this trade when we first did it because we got rid of Montgomery. But at the same time, we did get Bader, who was one of the only guys that actually performed in the postseason. So Bader has shown that, you know, he can perform for us. He can play for us. Um, and he's another outfield, a good outfielder. I should clarify that he's a good outfielder for us that can play every day. So in hindsight, it's a good trade for us. Can also say it's a good trade for the Cardinals as well. You know, kind of need a bit of that back end pitching, you know, that, that tends to waver for them every now and then. And Montgomery is normally consistent enough, not, not necessarily good or great, but he's decent enough to be that four or five starter like what he was for us. Yeah, I agree. And I think the Yankees, I think it's, I I would go as far as to say the Yankees won the trade, but I think you can make a case that both teams won it for for what they needed. And the Yankees, you know, have are pretty top heavy on that rotation. I don't think Montgomery's as, as needed as some think with the Yankees. And I think the trade was good for a guy like Bader. And oh my God, can it be four nothing Phillies? Yes. Holy smokes. That's incredible. Oh my wow. God. Oh, sorry. It might be a double. No, it's a home run. Yeah. No, nah, that's a home run. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, Holy cow. Lance McCullers is not a postseason pitcher guys. Just no, both. he's not. And I've said, I've said that before. I mean, we, he has, he struggled against the Yankees a little bit. If I recall. Yeah. Lance McCullers is not a, is not a postseason pitcher. He's really not. No, this is crazy. Well, all right. The I think the Yankees won the trade, but you can make the case that uh, both teams won it there. Clayton Peter from, from the Dodgers, obviously Jeff's favorite player. The Yankees traded for or Yankees mm. traded to the Dodgers. Joey Gallo. I got to tell you, looking at this, honestly, Clayton Peter has done really well um, with the Yankees minor league organization. He's had some control issues, obviously, but and he's and he's striking out about 36% of the hitters he's facing. His, you know, his ERA is around 575. Uh, I, th- I do think he will get better. He's got a fastball. He's got a slider, uh, curveball. I think he's more of a bullpen guy, to be honest with you. He's not going to be a starter. I think Beater's more of a bullpen acquisition. So we will see where that takes us moving forward. I don't, <laughs> I know Jeff's going to sit here and say the Yankees won the trade just because it got rid of Gallo. Yeah. But, but Clayton Beater you know, is not, is not great yet. He still has a lot to prove on the bullpen side of things. So 
you know, we're going to have to see. I just think Gallo just couldn't handle the pressure of playing in New York. I think Gallo's capable of playing just as well as he played in Texas prior to the trade to the Yankees. I think he's more than capable of that. Just put him in a small market where there's less pressure on him and he and he thrives. I think I think we learned with Gallo, unfortunately, that when you put the pressure on him, uh, he 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 falls and pretty badly. He does. He he struggles with it. And that's a shame. I you know, that, that really sucks. Great fielder but just wasn't just wasn't wasn't good to hit and that's the unfortunate part. This one's interesting Jeff cuz he was injured for a majority of the stint but he started off really well I think. Scott Efros from the Cubs, longtime Cub pitcher from the Pen and the Yankees basically got him for nothing. Hayden was was Nesky was the uh was their seventh best prospect. I shouldn't say nothing when the Yankees gave him up, but Scott Efros was a decent acquisition. Did you like this move, and do you think the Yankees won that trade there? Yeah, I mean, when it was made, you know, it was a trade that we had to make, I think, because, you know, uh, Chapman was MIA, honestly. Um, Holmes was still struggling, you know, for everyone who remembers that, you know, he was struggling a lot. Um, So... We needed someone that could come in. We needed someone that could potentially be that closer role. And Scott Efros was supposed to fill that role. And, I mean, look, I mean, this guy's got arbitration for, like, the next, what, three, four years, I think. So we're, so we're going to have control of him for a while still. So, yeah, we gave up a prospect. But we basically got a we basically got a guy who's essentially a prospect as well who's been in the league for a year or two, you know, we gave one to get one and Everest is a role that we kind of needed at the moment. Didn't work out for us this year, but I think it's still going to work out for us. I like the optimism. I like the optimism on, on Efros. Yeah. I mean, we got to see more of him, right? That's yeah. the, that's the key to all of this. Well, the next, the, I guess this is the biggest one for, for me, and I think one that the Yankees really hurt on in the postseason just because he was injured, the acquisition of Andrew Benintendi from Kansas City. This one was a huge trade. I was so excited because I've always wanted Andrew Benintendi, even when he was a Red Sox. Benintendi's just a, such a great contact hitter to me. And the fact that the Yankees, the, Juan Soto went to the Padres, the Yankees were kind of talking about Soto very briefly, not for long. But once that became out of the question, Benintendi was the next best. So the Yankees needed that lefty contact hitter in my mind. But Benintendi had a, is not going to be a Soto, but he has a 311 um, average. We didn't get to see that a whole lot, this his stint with the Yankees this year. But hopefully, you know, he's back next year. And I think Benintendi can do some really, really big things. You guys think he'll stay a Yankee and, and lock himself up? I don't think so. You don't I, think he'll stay? Uh, no, no, it's a rental. It's a rental. I I, I can't I dog. can't see why. I honestly can't see why he would stay. We don't have a spot for him. We have Bader. Why do we need Benintendi as well? We yeah, have Stanton. We can. We, yeah, we have Stanton. We can throw in the outfield. We have Cabrera that we can put in the outfield. I know he can do outfield a bit. Obviously, we have Judge. You know. So where do we and and for some reason this organization is hell bent on keeping Hicks. So where are we going to put Benintendi and all of that? Yeah, I think the organization. Just, what's that? It's just too. It's yeah, Jeff's point. It's just too deep in all in all facets of the outfield. Like 
there's nowhere for him to go. And I think he's going to want a place where he could definitely start. I think he could, I think he definitely would be a starter in New York, but like, it's just, you know, he'd be just sharing so much time with other people. And also I think he must have a set world. Like I'm playing left field every day versus switching back and forth. Yeah. I, I do think going back to Boston, honestly, I could see him going back to Boston. I think too many outfielders is a big problem right now for the Yankees, as far as the situation and, and Ben and look, I, Look, if I had to prefer one player in that outfield right now, with the exception of Aaron Judge, to to stay in New York, and Bader, obviously, I gotta go with Andrew Benintendi. I I have to, but the problem is you have John Carlos Stanton as well, and we want Stanton in the field so he can hit every day and be a, as best uh -huh. as a hitter as he can be. So it's really hard, and then you gotta add Matt Carpenter to the mix now. You gotta add Aaron Hicks to the mix now, who's still with this team for God knows what reason, and. There's just too many of them, and I probably left out. I probably left out as I did. I left out Cabrera. You know, there's Kid plenty Castro more. Castro too. Well, he's our permanent pinch runner now. You know, that's kind of the situation. He's, yeah. I. It's just a crazy situation where you have way too many outfielders. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Like Benintendi's not, not maybe wants to be a normal everyday left fielder, and that's totally reasonable. I, I do think he can get that in New York if he were to start. Just don't split him up so much. And I think that this organization is so keen on splitting people's time up. No matter if you own the position every day or not, or someone else is sharing it, they want to split you up because God knows what reason for load management and whatnot. And it's, it's crazy. But who would, who would you say won that trade? Or is this a situation where you think, both teams got what they wanted, Kansas City and the Yankees. I mean, the Royals won. We, the Royals we won used, based off of an injury. Yeah, yeah we used Benintendi, and it, it sucks that that's what we have to base it off of is one team actually got something out of it in the end. I think if Benintendi played, then, then there would definitely be an argument to say the Yankees won the trade if we actually did something against Houston. But I mean, he was a rental. He, I mean, he helped us in the regular season, but he got hurt. He obviously couldn't contribute in the playoffs, so you have to chalk that as a loss. It's unfortunate, but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that's a tough situation. Well, Jeff, <laughs> I'm gonna get to the the other one that. I think we all were excited about initially. Well, actually, no, 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 no. Jeff, Jeff did say here that he was not excited about this deal, but, but he, he want he did not like it. Frankie Montes came to the Yankees, and Lou Trevino came from the A's. Frankie Montes, I had significantly higher expectations for. I have to say, the A's won a trade for once. I gotta, I gotta say that. And I, again, Montes did not show me anything special at all. I I'm just shocked we ain't learned anything from Sonny Gray, who also came from Oakland and also shit the bed in New York and also did absolutely nothing for us except lose ball games. So but, I, I, I'm shocked we ain't learned our lesson from that. But look what happened to Sonny Gray after he left the Yankees. Yeah, he, he became relevant again. And I guarantee you the exact same thing's gonna happen with Montes. He's gonna leave and he's gonna ha and he's gonna hover around like that three point five four ERA, you know. You know, not good, but you know, he's gonna be a back end starter type of thing. Yeah, this is but this is a 
What's that? For what we for what we gave up for him? I mean, look, he is a back end pitcher for us. And I mean, we we gave up Ken Walchuk, JP Sears, Luis Medina, and Cooper Bowman for that. Walchuk, who was a high end prospect, and JP Sears, who I was honestly pretty high on. Now I should remind you guys why Montes came in the first place. This is because of the latch strain of Severino. This is when Severino had the strain. This is when he he kept pitching during the game, gave up a bunch of runs, I think, to the A's. I think it was an A's game. I could be it wrong. It was the Reds. It was the Reds. Thank you. Yes. It was a Reds game, and Severino would play through the injury until he couldn't anymore through like three or four innings or something like that. And that's why Montes came to the Yankees because the Yankees needed someone similar to Sevy. And Fr- Frankie Montes, from the moment he came, has been nowhere near Luis Severino because Severino is a guy I trust a lot. And yep. I can't say the same about Montes. Lou Trevino, I'm, I wasn't high on him either. I know a lot of Yankee fans are like, all right, he's not bad. Like, I didn't see a lot I liked from him. I mean, we knew it was okay. I don't hate him. Yeah, we knew he wasn't going to be good, let alone great. You know, I mean, the the dude had a six point five ERA before coming to us. We knew he, he wasn't going to be good. He was just going to eat up innings, and that, and that's what I said. You know, when we did the evaluations for him, you know, that's kind of what we expect out of him, and that's kind of what he's got to do. You know, just kind just eat up those innings a little bit. You know, I mean, he did do that. That but, is, but you know, like. We needed to get someone. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I disagree with is, one, the fact that it was Montes we got, and not just looking at it in hindsight. I didn't want Montes in the first place. But two, we then gave away Montgomery after the fact, so we still had a gap in pitching, irregardless of getting Montes, which really boggles my mind that they did that. I don't even care if we got Bader out of that. That's still stupid i'm sorry yeah no i get it you can have your thoughts on that but i guess it just goes to show that we have no faith in the yankees next season as far as the front office is concerned Mm -hmm. with moving on the team you know what's funny guys i just watched a documentary last night it was on the ac you probably watched this it was the yankees dodgers documentary referring back to the 1970s and i had a lot of fun watching it 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 taught me a lot not taught me it reminded me a lot of how the yankees used to be with George Steinbrenner and and how he behaved 70s up to you know the 90s talking about about Reggie with you know Reggie Jackson and his you know his relationship with Billy Martin as one example and but overall the way the team was was owned by Steinbrenner and the way George Steinbrenner the father conducted the team very different from what we see now in terms of you know if you don't like something changing it right away Whereas now, if we don't like something, we got we got to let it ride for, I I don't even ten know how years. long. Yeah, ten years. Like we got like Hicks, we got to ride Hicks out for how long? Like another four or five years, I think. <laughs> and you know what? You know what's funny, guys? I guess I could talk about this too because I actually rewatched the Last Dance the other day. I rewatched all ten, and I was fascinated at the fact. I keep being reminded that Michael Jordan got signed to this crazy. Uh, Nike deal, which eventually got him the Jordan brand, obviously. He got paid $250,000 in his rookie year of basketball in 1984. And I think that really set a precedent for for players getting these massive contracts early on in their career because it taught front offices 
to pay guys young and and get better value, whereas paying them in the future before they rack up these high numbers that they're projected to get based off of all on projections. These situations now, I think the Yankees are doing that with guys like, let's think back to guys like Hicks. Think of, you know, that's a big contract. 70, I know Anthony disagrees with me, but 70, $70 million for seven years is a lot for a guy that slashes what, Jeff? One, correct me if I'm wrong, 170? 180? Terrible is the answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, and and was not a speed runner. Like he's not a he's not a guy you think of on the bases. He's not a Gold Glover in my mind. I mean, he does make some good catches every now and then, but he's not a consistent Gold Glove can Gold Glove candidate in my mind. You know, I just think that that really set a precedent for what we see now with these young guys. And the where where I'm going with this is the Yankees really dug themselves a hole with these kind of situations with these young guys locking them up for so long. You know, I. I don't know if you guys disagree or not, but that was really, I think, a big deal towards what we see now, and it's crazy. No? Yeah. I I mean, look, like, I'm all for locking up the younger guys. You know, like that. That's what you need to do to win. To win, in general, really. Um. So, like, I don't disagree with that philosophy. What I disagree with is the fact that we yeah. so openly gave Hicks that much money and we can't even be bothered to give Judge what he wants, either in terms of in terms of monetary value or years. So that's ridiculously frustrating to me that Aaron Hicks, we look we bring up the truck, we dump out whatever he wants really. Aaron Judge, we penny and dime him. And do you think he really stays with the Yankees, Jeff? I know we asked that question a thousand times on the show, but do you really think he's going to stay with the Yankees? I mean, you got to assume that he is. But... I mean, every team has, even in internal reports, teams do think he will stay. Yeah. Even though teams are giving their best shot, they think he's going to stay. Yeah. I mean, you have to assume a guy like that, especially someone who appears to be as loyal as Judge, is going to stay even though we did try and shaft him. But I have so little faith in the organization at this point. I have more faith in the Mets to hold a, se- to hold a season lead over the Braves at this point. <laughs> well then, yeah, I think that's that really, uh, that really says a lot. Well then, so we'll do one more podcast here, I think, one or two more as Swing the Twig, and then we will move over to the Yankee State of Mind. And you will all be seeing that pretty shortly. We're going to talk on social media too a lot about that stuff moving forward. And and going forward, it is going to be Yankees-based after this World Series is over. So if you're a Yankee fan, enjoy it. So it's going to be a lot of fun for when the offseason comes. We'll be doing it once a week. There will be no more twice-a-week situations You know, during the, during the offseason. It will be once a week. And then during the se- regular season, we'll try to do once every series. We'll be here for that. And it's going to be pretty fun, I think, during the regular season, guys. It's going to be a lot more fun as just to talk Yankees baseball and and see where that takes us, obviously. But, yeah, I'm very excited. The Yankee State of Mind will be debuting after the World Series. We will see you guys then. From Tommy Franks, Jeff Wilkinson, and Anthony Colasano, we will see you all on Friday. Enjoy your week. Uh, let's go Phillies, I guess.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.